We're back with more of the Miss Zenith pageant and things are really heating up as we move into the fashion round. If all of our lovely contestants would kindly line up and show us what you're working with. Just look at them, each one more lovely than the last. Let's just get right into it. A neon, tell me about what you're wearing today. Oh my god, so like in Abel, we have these like divination workers who live for thousands of years and like it's totally their job to dream up inspiration from the future and make it come to life. So this Empire style dress has totally been in production for like the past 400 years. Each seam dreamed into reality by the fashion prophets and the colors woven into it are like pulled from different spectrums of vision in faraway dimensions. Oh, and it has pockets. Gosh, that's a lot of work for a dress. But you really sell it. Love the pockets. Next up, we have... Corey. My goodness, that's a snug number. That's right, Aspen. This short skirt and matching top were designed to leave very little to the imagination. These heels require a minimum dexterity of 15 to even walk in. You see... Part of my job is advertising, and the product I'm selling just has to be seen to be believed. Well, I imagine you must be very successful then. That's not all, Aspie. It comes with a matching swimsuit. My good heavens! The prestige. I've never seen such a small amount of fabric holding us back from a mature rating for this program. Moving on. Oh good, it's Cyrix, whom I can't see or hear. Well, go ahead and tell the folks what your ensemble's about, and I'll just stand here like an idiot. I just love the little feathers and acorns. It's so cute, I'm going to pull a dimple muscle. Ouchie. Great. Super good. You love to see it? Next up, we have Nanayel. And you look like you're ready for battle. What are you wearing for us today? I wear my armaments for myself and no other. This is the Helm of Humility, forged from the molten core of a fallen star. This is the breastplate of unyielding righteousness. It has turned the blades of countless demon and devil, and has been handed down throughout eternity to the chosen destroyers. And this blade is the Chastinator 3000, the newest model of angelic smiting blade. Combining the clarity of sunlight with the fury of eternal fire. Just for the job you want, as they say. Well, we all just love a girl in uniform. Up next is Exzorndalesk. Zorn! My name is Zorn! Don't make me unfold you! Right, Zorn. Damn cue cards. Hmm. Well now, I'll admit to being uneducated on the culture of Beholderkin, but I'm not sure what to attribute as fashion choices here, Zorn. Isn't it obvious? It really isn't. I didn't commission a four-pound solid glass contact lens from some enslaved wizards to boost the natural blues of my perfect pupil just to be unnoticed. That's strike two, Aspen. Your time grows near. Okay, so that's a thing, I guess. And last up, we have Doug. Uh, over here, Doug. It's a lineup. I haven't really been around long, but um, I don't really see the point in uh, lines. 
I think lines are pointless. Well, I won't contest that, but I do have to ask. You're wearing the same dull attire that you arrived in. This is a fashion segment. What kind of fashion are you trying to show us? Oh, 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 uh, yeah, fashion, fashion. Well, um, quick question, uh, what is fashion exactly? It's a kind of personal style, a unique sort of beauty that you bring to the world. And in this case, with the clothing you choose to wear, how you look, you know? Oof, boy, that's a thinker. Uh, unique? Hmm. Oh, uh, I know. I'll uh, just manifest just a fleeting vision of uh, beauty outside of the realm of mortal experience. It's fine. I can just do that with my body and my clothes. Ow, my comprehension. Oh, neat. Here you go. Wow. My goodness. Give it up for Doug. We, We need to take a little break, folks. Hespin needs a stiff drink after that one. We'll be right back with the talent part of the show. Stay tuned for more Ms. Zenith. You find yourselves now standing in a pit in an abandoned tin mine. The corpses of small, strange creatures lying at your feet. Their blood pooling around your toes and heels. The stench trickling into your nose. You look at yourselves, planning what to do next. Point of clarification, I'm still out of the pit. (laughs) (laughs) And I have neither toes nor heels. And yet here we are. Uh, is everyone all right down there? I think after a long drink and a short nap, I'll be all right. I lost some weight. Oh, dear. A lot of blood. Do you think you can find your way out? Up? I can do up. Gaspar is going to scale the chain all the way back up. How far down did we drop? 15 feet. I'm just going to go to the edge and jump out. Okay. Can I trust you that you've done the math and that's totally fine? Yeah, it might take Penny a couple of tries, but I add a D8 to a normal jump and she's already six feet tall, so that shouldn't be an issue. Okay, perfect. Usha's just going to climb up his chain. Copy. Um, When everyone converges at the top of the pit, being pit free... uh, Assuming Usha can get his spear free of the pillar. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Gaspar will take a crowbar and w- loosen up that hole so he can get the spear out. Mm. The old crowbar yank him out. <laughs> um, but I will offer, uh, you're all fairly beaten up. Let me tend to your wounds. With this new Elixir brand healer's kit. <laughs> we have problems. They have solution. Wow. Is that the newest kit? It's the new one, and it's very good. Look at how it works at healing people. <laughs> I can't believe they packed all those components into one very travel-sized bag. The old kit is still good, too, but this one has a lot of good new things in it. Wusha is going to look around really nervous and say, Was I supposed to have a line? 
I will silence him with bandages. <laughs> uh, I don't need to roll for this technically, so I'm just going to go around and you're each going to heal this much. Wusha, you get 11. Gaspar, you... Wow, these are fucking bad rolls. You get 10. And Penny, you get 12. Mm. Thanks, D6, 10, 11, for not 12. rolling above a 3, ever. As you look at the tracks you have been following so far and take your first step to continue that journey, you recall down in the pit a small crevice, a fissure in the rock that looked as though it went off into a natural tunnel system. You steal yourselves, take a deep breath, and climb back down to where the battle just occurred. Walking through the natural tunnels, you see stains of dried blood and moldering flesh strewn across the craggy ground. After a long stretch of hunched walking beneath the sloped ceiling, the passage finally blooms into a large cavern scattered with litter. Refuse dominates the room, but among the smell of rot and piles of filth lay evidence of a living space. Scraps of cloth and paper are clumped together to form bedrolls, and mining helmets hang upside down from the ceiling to create makeshift hammocks. The air tastes of iron, and the sharp smell of unwashed feet emanates throughout. But the center of the room contains a break from the squalor. Here, a golden idol rests upon a stone plinth, surrounded on all sides by lit mining lanterns. A five-foot radius around the idol is clear of any grime or garbage. Wusha is going to smile, hold his hands out like an excited toddler, and say, oh, that looks nice, and start walking just right toward the idol. Don't lick the god thing. <laughs> Please, Wusha. <laughs> Do you suppose this is the society living area for these strange pink creatures we battled? I think all evidence points to yes. But we do have to remember, they lie in wait invisibly. Quite right. The gift they have is to remain unseen, so keep your ears sharp. Before he gets to licking, I would love to do a knowledge religion on this uh, golden calf. Please, roll a knowledge religion. Oh, not, not my best. That is a 13. I don't know a lot about naked mole rat gods. <laughs> so what you see is a statue that is essentially in two parts. There is a golden base, and on top of that, there is a statue of a figure carved out of gold. The top half depicts one of those small creatures holding up a coin to what appears to be a halfling in a half-plate armor, almost in reverence. The bottom half is square, so four-sided, and it depicts the following scenes. One of those creatures, which we could call a nibbler, mm. is taking a coin from a dead body. We then see the halfling sitting at a desk. The halfling then discovers the coin behind the nibbler's back. The halfling is now torturing the nibbler you get a sense that this might depict a fable or a warning. Perhaps it is a morality tale that warns against something. 
and the top half would depict what to do as opposed to what not to do. In regards to a specific religion, you can't place anything. But the way the information is being presented does line up with several other icons that you've seen before. Of course, yeah. Out of curiosity, is the halfling, is their chest embossed with an A? There is an A on their chest. All the pieces are touching like fingers that touch. <laughs> <clears throat> it's a statue of an angry little guy. We're in an a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> so not only did this individual corrupt and then murder his halfling workers, he also seems to have won the favor of these creatures and forced them, too, to serve his purpose. Unless specifically instructed to otherwise, Wuxia is going to walk over and pick the thing up. While Iobis was doing that check and Wuxia is um, headed towards the statue, Gaspar is going to lean his hip and head onto one of the walls and do like a little listen check if invisible buddies, invisible nibblers are crawling about. Okay. I love that. Uh, go ahead and do a just straight perception. That's a three. Uh, you don't hear anything save for maybe some moisture trickling down the sound of rock against your ear. And that is quickly interrupted as Wuxia lifts up the statue, immediately sees an arcane glyph underneath it, which begins to glow and then explode. If everyone could make a dexterity saving throw. Ooh, that's a big explosion. Wuxia, keep the explosions down. I'm trying to listen. <laughs> Hmm, sounds like rock. <laughs> Dwayne, is that you? <laughs> All right, uh, Iavos? I got a 12. Cool. Penny? Penny was distracted by all the refuse and got an 8. Wonderful. Wuxia gets a 20. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, just to clarify, dexterity? Yes, please. Through? A 21. Okay. The arcane sound reverberates through the stone plinth into the stone wall, which gives you a little bit of a heads up. Wuxia, you see the glyph that you have triggered, which gives you a little bit of warning. Penny and Iavos, unfortunately, are unaware of the explosion about to happen. Penny and Iavos are going to take 13 thunder damage. Wuxia and Gaspar will take six. Goodbye, false life. I'll miss you. The idol is now in pieces, strewn across the room. As you look at those shards, they appear to be nothing more than lead with gold plate. Mm. Maybe I <coughs> should have licked it after all. Perhaps. <clears throat> that was a little foolhardy, Wusha. Sorry, I... Sorry about that. <clears throat> Turns out I'm quite a hardy fool. What would prompt you to lift it before anything else? I wanted to see if there was a carving on the underside. Well, there was. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fell on my tail. The aftermath of the explosion has undoubtedly disturbed the room. Everything is in disarray and not where it originally was. It will be challenging to discern any useful information from this room. We made a big mess of their garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, 
Oh no! I had it exactly where I liked it. <laughs> oh man, the filth pile is askew. Oh, the condoms aren't next to the old hot dogs anymore. <laughs> we have to all put it all back before they come in. Oh Quick, no! Shit on the floor. The garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're going to get their attention and draw them to one place, we've just done it. Maybe we should move quickly. This yep. is not where I would like to die. We need much nicer garbage for our grave. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is there any other exit out of here? Or is this room a dead end? This room is a dead end. Perhaps a hidden passage then. Not underneath any golden statues. Do you want to do an investigation check to look for something like that? I would like to manifest the gift of guidance, which I pass off to our front man in such things, Mr. Gaspar. And I'll give him the help action because my Ooh. investigation doesn't suck. I have a good intelligence. All right. We are looking at a 25. Okay. So with a 25, it's pretty easy for you to recall what the hallucinatory terrain looked like and some of the, yeah, the signifiers, the flickering, what that was. You can also just slowly pop your hand up against the wall looking for a door. You do not find any. While you are exploring, you do, with a 25, discover several pieces of mushrooms, one of which intact, as well as some remaining scraps of paper that have writing on them. I just want to quickly add that while the party is investigating this room, I want to make sure that I'm positioned closest to the exit just in case we're intercepted by um, any of these baddies. Are you looking to do that in a escape sense or in a defend? I want to defend my party members. I want to make sure that they reach me first before them. Perfect. If they suddenly pour in. Uh, since we have very few clues to go off of otherwise, I'm going to collect the pieces of paper, if possible, that Gaspar expertly found, lay them side by side, and attempt to cast mending on them. Okay. You are able to mend the scraps of paper. There are two that are in not bad shape and popping them together would be a non-issue. You feel confident that there are a couple other scraps of paper that are beyond repair. And so you're able to find these. Oh boy. Please crinkle them in front of the microphone so the audience knows that I made props. They look great. Good font choice. Ooh, that was oh, a good sound. Perfect crinkle. They look so papery. <laughs> That was a crisp Kringle. <laughs> Thank you. That was very good. Well, this one is labeled, as we have learned, the Broder Mining Company. It's an employee manifest, and it looks as if roughly 70% of the names have been crossed off. I'm not sure if it's up to date, but this also reads a bit like an obituary. Is my name on there? Uh, no. Oh, good. That checks out. And this is a note, a missive of some kind. Uh, Bryson was killed in another cave-in yesterday, the fifth in as many weeks. We cannot continue this way. Soon there will be none of us left. We had a paltry funeral feast for Bryson, sending him off in an unworthy manner. The days of rarebit, laver bread, barabirth, roast saddleback, carefully, leeks, purple carrots, dumplings, creme pogs, whiskey, mead, and bitters are gone. With as much as we can mine, you would think that management could fund a funeral. I can only hope that the meager send-off is enough to send Bryson to his final peace. 
The mine has served its purpose. It's helped us survive during the drought, but its time is over. We can go back to the fields of our homes in the sun. I am resolved to speak to Generous this evening and insist as he set his brother straight. Shut down the company and we can go back. If not, I will steal the key and leave on my own, with my pockets empty but breath in my lungs. Leave it to a fucking halfling to list every goddamn <laughs> thing at the feast. Hey, uh, I heard of some ugly mutinies in my day, some captains turning against their crew, but this seems particularly cruel and cold-hearted. The name Generous uh, starts with a J. The two letters we found are A and J, perhaps the two brothers who were in ownership of the mine, one of which proving to be quite cruel and the other uh, more of an actual manager. Although it does not seem like he succeeded in his task of controlling his brother, based on the amount of skulls we found. Generous and Alice. He said he was thinking of stealing a key. Yes. Were they locked in? How awful. To think that there's a locked door at the end of this mine is quite haunting indeed. Any ideas on where we should go next? I don't know, but I should take these with us. I'm going to collect up all the pieces I can find of the idol that I broke. Okay, that's great. While you're doing that, if you remember, there is a single mushroom that you're able to find. If anyone would like to do a nature check and get some information on that, you're more than welcome. I I do love mushrooms. I was too busy and excited by the note to notice that Gaspar had also found a wonderful fungus, but I am now even more interested in that. Oh, a mushroom. How lovely. Let me take a look. And then I give Opus a little sniff in case he has any helpful information. And that will guidance me. Mm, how does a even 30 sound for your knowledge nature? Uh, that sounds great. You recognize these as purple anaid mushrooms they are tall and a milky translucent lavender with small wilted caps you know that they take about six seconds to chew fully and can restore 1d4 hit point oh nice having many of them together it would be quite easy to make healing potions of varying strengths you currently have one mushroom left after the explosion. You really fucked the dog on that one, man. You know, look, sometimes you just got to pick the thing up. Well, uh, in the spirit of curiosity and scientific learning, I almost is going to quickly consume the mushroom without mentioning that it heals to the party. <laughs> quickly feign a gasping. And then, oh, I'm just kidding. Healed me. Wonderful. Wonderful. 1d4. Thank you. The explosion dealt me some real damage. Yay, a four. Perfect. As you take your final look around the chamber, bracing yourself for imminent danger, an ethereal light sneaks into the room. In the faint cobalt-colored glow, you can just make out a spectral figure standing at the crevice you entered through. As the light shifts to fill the room, the figure filters to a sharper image, revealing a stout frame wearing canvas trousers and braces over a filthy linen shirt, a dusty leather jacket embroidered with a letter J matches the leather breeches he wears. 
Atop his head is a mining helmet, complete with candle on the brow. The candle is where the blue light is emanating, the color so otherworldly that it almost distracts from the fact that the being in front of you is translucent, with wisps of smoke dissipating off its blurring edges. He slowly opens his mouth. Be not afeard. I mean you no harm. My name is Janris. I died in this mine ages ago, along with my fellow miners, my friends. Our shades have been trapped here ever since. It requires a tremendous amount of effort for us to interact with you, and we are so weak. I will give you as much information as I can so you may survive, but you must stop my brother. He is responsible for the death of everyone who has set foot in this mine. As he says this, you can see the sadness and pain in his eyes, his face locked in a permanent expression of loss and sorrow. We have been sent here uh, by, one could say, a greater power to right a wrong. This is truly our calling. Where can we find your brother? There is no bigger wrong than the betrayal that my brother has committed against me and my family, our friends. He is deep in the cave. Long ago, he and I formed the mining company for our village after a two-year drought threatened to kill all of us. Our village was dying. We decided, if gnomes and dwarves can mine, then so can we. We began mining tin and successfully selling it to the merchants to make home goods until we discovered a mother load of Furio tin. Our business grew exponentially as we were able to sell to artificers at a much higher price. You can imagine how excited everyone was. The whole village was working for us, making more money than anyone had ever seen. No one was more excited than my brother and I. I was happy. We turned the fortune of this village around and our friends and family were able to survive. Aphris was happy that he had wealth, and he soon became obsessed with it. He started making small changes in the name of progress. Longer hours, recruiting miners younger and younger, making deals with merchants he shouldn't have been dealing with. Pay wasn't increasing with the profits. He said, to save as an emergency fund, insurance just in case. The problem was, no one was getting hurt, they were getting killed. More accidents began happening. Finally I, after more and more complaints from my colleagues, went to confront Aphris, who had become more and more secluded, paranoid that he was going to be dethroned. I could not find him. He had gone deeper, into the caves, looking for more wealth, 
until he finally returned with a darkness about him, wearing golden armor that he said he had found in an ancient hold. Claimed it must have been the gnomes that made it. More and more cavens happened. Miners began disappearing, lost to the dark. I confronted my brother, asking him, Stop! And that was the last thing that I remember. I can only assume that that's when he murdered me. I've been stuck in this incorporeal form for ages, unable to pass on because I've not had a proper burial. My brother is further on down in the mine, in an area I cannot go. My friends and I cannot move further on from this section of the mine. I can only point you in the direction of my brother, not pinpoint him. Your story breaks my heart. Generous. How despicable. Agreed. I'd be happy to pinpoint the little bastard for you. If things go as I hope they do, this hastily made and unsteady mind, perhaps, will end with all of you and your kin, properly buried. But first, we must confront your brother. Please show us the way, as far as you can. Yes, we will bring him to justice. That is incredibly generous for you to do. Us? We are not your family, yet you would do this kindness. The only thing I can give is my pickaxe. It is the last piece of me that exists in the world. I hope it will help. If you continue following along the rail, we will do our best to knock, to warn of danger, and light the way with our candles. Other than that, there is very little we are capable of doing to help you. I hope it is enough. Janus is done with his story, and it seems as though the strain of becoming slightly corporeal to pass this information on to you and to thank you for your generosity and, if nothing else, attempt to stop this madman has become too much and he slowly dissipates into nothingness. You hear a slight clang further in the tunnel and a quick peek reveals a pickaxe that was not previously there. I have identify, <laughs> if that helps. 30 silver to lick it, Guja. <laughs> the price is getting up. <laughs> While it's still in his hands. <laughs> you know I'm gonna. <laughs> Very cool. Okay. Uh, so as to not waste much time. I have also move up to the pickaxe and using one of his domain spells, he will manifest and identify to learn of its secrets. Uh, this is a plus one pickaxe that deals a D8 piercing damage. And it also deals an extra D8 force damage and an extra D8 against constructs. While attuned, the wielder gains a tremor sense of 20 feet. And the pick has three charges. While holding it, you can use one charge to cast Locate Object. And the pick regains one expended charge at dawn. It's called Point and Pick. 
That's a really nice pickaxe. It is rare and requires attunement. So, what I would like to do right now is have a little fun. Yay! Thank God. <laughs> we, we are going to create a montage. This is not a skill challenge. This is a montage. I'll start the 80s music. Please. Each of you is going to describe a scene or two of exploring this mine, fleshing it out. You're welcome to create terrain, rooms, things of that nature, obviously at my discretion, but also a skill associated with the scene that you are describing your character doing. Mm. Your skill check is going to dictate some things that happen in the future. The more creative and interesting the scene, I think the better and the more fun that we can have. But I would like to kick back a little bit and let you guys guide and flavor in the journey from here to finding Afris. Wusha, you decide to take a little bit of the lead. Oh, yeah. As you turn a corner, you stumble upon the ghostly figure of a halfling moving rocks into a minecart. Upon further inspection, the minecart is not filling up, and every rock picked up by the halfling appears to be the same as the last. The ghostly vision in front of you disappears. How would you like to proceed? Shortly after we leave the chamber, following the tracks the way we need to go, there is a U-bend of sunken earth that was probably not here when the mine was first built, seeing that this is all mostly going uphill. As the area here had collapsed, it gave way to a gas pocket in the earth, which has breached into the passage here and has filled it up with possibly, you know, toxic gas. Wuxia will look at everybody and say, looks to be a long way through. I suggest you hold your breath and run, lest your eyes are sharp and you can find what made this. So Wuxia is going to make a constitution survival check to try to hold his breath and run through. Wonderful. Please do. I wonder if Gaspar is going to be able to get through without breathing. I got a crit. Hey. You are able to do it, no problem. You remember way back when, when you used to grab onto a rope, jump off the boat, go under the keel for fun and sport. Along your way, go ahead and do a perception check. Not very good. 11. 11, you're able to hear a which is clearly the natural vent that is expelling this gas into the U-bend and are able to shout that back to your compatriots if they would like to plug it up somehow. I'll uh, risk running out of breath a little bit to shout back to him. See Wonderful. Does anybody want to throw a cork in it? I have a spell that I learned at the Librarinth that for one minute manifests a large amount of magical glue. Oh, Perfect. <laughs> um, so I can bring my sister's arcane bottle of mystery over to it, uncork it, and uh, just gum it up for a good solid minute till we can get long past. Perfect. At about the 30 second, 45 second mark, the air becomes thinner and you no long, you can see through. So this gas seems to be less of a problem. 
everyone is more than able to take a 10 and get through this gas super easy with you guys working together. Anyone say take a 10 in so long. How refreshing. (laughs) Gaspar, you want to go next? Sure. So picture this. Bending tunnel, distant lantern light, and a gold coin lazily rolls down the tunnel before starting to spiral and then spin flat. It begins to pick up in as if invisible hands have lifted it and tries to secret away towards a crevice. The tunnel echoes with a twang, a crossbow bolt through the air, and the gold coin drops once more, a nibbler pierced through its engorged belly. This is how we scout out the further tunnels. This is how we know we're going in the right direction, because that gold coin keeps floating towards the heart of the mountain. Like to make a stealth check? Yeah, absolutely. This is perfect. Is this your coin? Did you have this on your person? Yeah. Okay, great. He's baiting the hook. Yeah, I love it. That is a 15. A 15? You're absolutely able to uh, stealth this. They will 100% have disadvantage if there is a gold coin in front of them. That's what they're really after. And so they'll be really excited for that. Yeah. Absolutely. Huge success. In between picking off these nibblers one by one, you will see a spectral scene unfold in front of you. A phantom miner is pushing a minecart up a slope. As he is about to reach the top, he loses his footing, and the minecart crashes back down the hill. He begins again, and again, and again. The scene dissipates in front of you. The gold coin leads the way, but as the fallow crown presses on, they feel eyes on them. From different corners, ceiling, walls, they hear the chittering, the tiny footfalls. Penelope listens carefully, wondering when they'll be attacked again, but then comes up with an idea. Maybe not to stop the possibility completely, but to distract them long enough to get through this section. She borrows a piece of chalk from Iavos and draws an A on each of her companion's chest. Using her magic, it is soon glamoured a bright fool's gold. And they continue on. What skill are you going to use for that? Dope. Uh-huh. Ten. Ten? You are able to hear the scattering and skirting of invisible creatures moving away from you. You feel as though they are uncertain of what's happening and might not have fully bought in, but are definitely going to give you some space. They'll give you a wide berth. Excellent. The other thing that popped into my head right there as I rolled that number is that like, oh, Penny drew an A in her written language, which is not at all (laughs) like a normal letter A. And it's actually an O because Penny doesn't know how to write her own language, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. Thank you for establishing that canon. As you are concentrating 
on your spell to emblazon the A, you will see a spectral scene unfold in front of you. Two children have small hammers and chisels and are chipping away at a boulder, clearing away the rock as they look for tin ore. Their palms are raw and blistered. They flinch every time they create sparks. They are holding back tears. Oh, they're minor miners. Not the babies. Little quarterlings. The last montage is probably the one that covers the most time as the fallow crown gets deeper and deeper into this strange mountain. This tunnel goes very deep into the darkness and mysteries below this world, perhaps to the point where it crosses old sleeping ley lines. They pass by branch mines revealing raw, unfinished veins of tin and quartz, perhaps a little bit of silver and gold scattered amongst them, and then strange, almost alien gems that poke out here and there, subtle, humming with energy. Some of them look as though they have massive bites taken out of them. Bizarre in nature, Iavos, with a curious mind, will analyze them using arcana and studying some geological notes from his familiar book, Opus. Haven't used it yet. Might as well take my one Sunday advantage from my book. Yeah. Uh, that's a 17 and an 18, so that's pretty good. Plus nine is 26. Okay. Realizing that these might be valuable, Iavos has Wushaw carry a couple of large chunks. And then the party arrives at a huge wide chasm, a wall on the far distance, hundreds of feet away. The bottom, an ocean of stalagmites. The ceiling, an imposing row of earthen teeth as the stalactites hang down. And there's a rumbling, a deep grinding, as two huge stone serpentine creatures slither to and fro between the stalagmites. And at the smell of this strange arcane crystal, they peer their heads up, opening their mouths hungrily, waiting to once again be fed. And offered these gifts, they rise from the depths, forming a stone bridge, wrapped tail and head, that the party can make their way across, being trained to let someone pass at the reward of this magical treat. So the rumbling was an ore chasm? (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Law, I am sold on your part of the montage. And was it a 26 or a 28? It was a 26. I thought there was two 18s, but it was cocked. So, so 17. The, t- the 26 is going to net you one of three things. Go, ho- go ahead and roll a D3 for me. Okay. Three. Okay. You are able to find a... Nugget of tin. This looks slightly different from regular tin. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a little bit of an arcane aura about it. And so you pick it up and pop it in your pocket. Done and done. Something Magic- to investigate for later. Magical tin nuggy. As the expansive cavern opens its jaws to you, the echoes of your clinking gear die down. It is replaced with a surge of chaotic sound rushing towards you, and the flapping of wings strike your face as a cloud of bats fly past. 
It is up to you to decide what this omen signifies. Bats rushing past. A bridge of stone snakes. It's as though you're inside a geode. You regain your bearings and walk into a smaller cavern made of pure stone until you notice a small glint of yellow scattered around the floor reflecting back at you. As you approach slowly, the glimmer begins to take form as you bring your light closer. The darkness now burned away. You realize it is a statue, one of solid gold and easily the most intricately detailed cast you have ever seen. Raising your light, you can see there are over 20 more statues about the cavern, each as finely detailed as the last. All are perfect depictions of halfling miners, their gold-forged anguish scrawled on their faces, their muscles tensed with pain. Mmm. Mmm. I cannot believe this is how real celebrity important people live. I have been missing out on cashing in my famous points. <sighs> butter banana. Listen, new best friend, you've wined and dined me finer than I've ever been dwined before. Not to mention getting me out of doctor prison. Ho ho ho, marshmallow cola. Mmm. What was I saying? Oh, right. We're going places, you and I. Maybe it's just the 49 flavor Sunday talking, but I feel like this might be real love. <laughs> You're a real card, D-Brad. You're rocking those J-Jorts, my fresh homie. Now that you're almost done with this literal boatload of ice cream, we can take the party back to Verona to check out your new pad. What's the rush? We've only been shopping for like five hours, and D-Wolf is barely 23 flavors deep into this milky gazelle. <laughs> Hot fudge potato chip. Mm. I was thinking, after we get some matching nose piercings, we can cool off at Wild Wally's Water Weird Water Park. They got a slip and slide that'll really polish your doorknobs. <laughs> You're insatiable, Bradtastic. I've never seen such a party machine. We would want a high-speed water slide to rip open your injuries like a cheap calibration gift, though. So let's take it easy, huh? I am a party machine, fueled by <laughs> peanut butter brisket. Mm. I haven't felt this good in weeks. I'm ready to follow the rainbow and paint it red. These last three pounds of pure sugar have really opened my third eye to how awesome life can be. Hey, pal, too much of a good thing can ruin it, am I right? You know I am. Why don't we take a six-pack and head back to your new crib and maybe order you some scryball furniture? I know a couple of girls I can invite over. Girls? A full pack of six? That is tempting. Almost as tempting as this... <laughs> Watermelon caramel. Mm. Mm. But if we're going to phone in some honeys, why not treat them to some wacky water park antics? Sounds more fun than a couch warming party. Oh, 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 or maybe we all go see Max Stat Scridio Marathon at the Scrymax, then take a pottery class. <laughs> Look, DB Licious, you're the man, and I love hanging out with you, but it's been a long day. Let's save some steam for tomorrow, right? You gotta check out this apartment. No way, amigo. I've been trapped in the tethering health condom of intensive care for far too long. Well, the rubber's busted. 
and I'm ready to bear back every water slide between here and Gamda K97. Sucking back Sundays and six packs till I'm blue in the backside. Signing that best friend contract is the best choice I've ever made. Why don't they let me around more contracts? <laughs> Fantastic. I love the energy. You're one of a kind, D-Broski. <laughs> Just lucky to get to hang out with you. Let's have some fun. <laughs> yeah, we can we can see the apartment later. Later. <laughs> My boss won't mind. <laughs> Not one bit. Anything for Dirk. Ah, what Dirk wants, Dirk gets. Anything for Dirk. Mm. Mm. Raspberry chowder. We're about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. It doesn't matter if you're a cobbler, a cartographer, or a knight in shining armor. Accidents happen, and when the time comes, you'll need to be prepared to take care of your family, your loved ones, and your adventuring party. Second Divinity Resurrection Life Insurance gives you the second chance many don't receive. Never stress over savings again, especially death-saving throws. Weave a diamond with your name on it. Second Divinity Resurrection Life Insurance. You deserve a raise. Hail you cuties. I'm back like an unchecked fungus. Welcome to the mid-roll. I have a bit of a sore throat today, so I'm going to keep this pretty short. The website has links to all the stuff you need to dig into the world of LUQ, like actors' profiles, behind-the-scenes photos, links to all the social media, and of course, the Patreon. That's where to go to show the most support you can for the LUQ, as it keeps us going. And in return, you'll get a load of great D&D content for your home games. You can make characters to join the battle axis and become part of the world's meta, or join a legendary mid-roll team to have your name dropped right here in the middle of the episode. The current legendary teams are the Titans Rise, the Twilight Concord, the Forgotten Legacy, and this week's featured team, the Ceaseless Horde, with Dave Mladenoff, Daniel Pickens-Jones, Patch Perryman, and Jeff Ammons. To get a personal message right on the show or for possible advertising opportunities, reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com. Follow us on Twitch at Slapdash Streams for Monday night live premieres of LUQ with Dungeon Mistress Dana. And starting June 8th, join us at 6 p.m. Pacific for Undermile, the vanguard below the garden. A four-part live stream RPG where some of the Slapdash players take the roles of small animals as we raise money for Hazel's House Pet Rescue. Thanks for everything, cuties. I hope to see you on the Discord. But that's enough out of me. Let's get you back to the Battle Axis.
Mighty Iron Lord. Word from the quarry's back. A leak in the nearby dam has caused some serious trouble. It's not good, my lord. It's a big, big mess. A mess? Yes, my lord. The back exit was plugged up too long, and thick, muddy buildup eventually was too much to hold back. And once it started shooting that brown torrent, there was no stopping it. The crack is caked in muck, the back tunnel is damaged, and don't even get me started on the smell. But the emissaries from the Gilded Kilts will be here in a few hours. They're coming specifically to inspect our back tunnel. What can we do to clean up this mess before they arrive? Who is a strange helmed human? I I think it's the toilet paper knight, my lord. What the hell is he saying? I think he's saying that the durable power of TPK bathroom tissue is enough to deal with this mud bomb that went off. Well, there's no way. This is dwarven mud, the thickest and brownest mud of them all. Wait, new dwarven strength TPK? Look, my lord, it's studded and thick as cured hide. This could chisel the scolded carbon off me own anvil. Let's give it a try. I don't care how you do it, just get me tunnel cleaned up and ready for company. I have a reputation to uphold. Thank you, Toilet Paper Knight, and thank you, Dwarven Strength Rolls. You really saved our ass. I mean, Tunnel. You step past the statues. In front of you is a large wooden door. Gnarled and twisted as the roots of the tree it was hewn from. Abyssal script is carved deep into the cedar and painted over in blood. The text reads, I give into greed, I gift to greed. Greed grants these gifts unto me so that I may gain. The door is made of leftover mining materials. You examine it closer you see a small, circular indentation in the center. Hanging by a chain bolted into the rock wall is a small pocket knife. The door is made of uneven, roughly hewn slats. You are able to peer through them to see a tunnel that extends only a few feet before ending in a second, near-identical door. You said there's a pocket knife hanging off of it? Off to the right, on a small chain, there's a pocket knife, and there's a small circular indentation in the middle of the door. And the door has blood on it? There is an inscription on the door. I give into greed. I gift to greed. Greed grants these gifts unto me so that I may gain. That is carved into the wood and then painted over again in blood. I suppose I would like to try to examine the circle that's carved near the knife. It is about an inch and a half in diameter and about an eighth of an inch deep. As 
Ayavos looks to Gaspar, who's still playfully probably flipping his gold coin. It's in the nux. I'm going to politely mage hand it over without asking at all. (laughs) (laughs) And to see if it fits in the slot. It does. When you put the coin into the slot, the second door opens. Mmm, puzzly. Wusha, thinking he is more clever than he actually is, will stand in front of the door and hold a coin in his hand and look away and say, you know, at a volume loud enough where the door can hear him, I sure hope no one takes this very valuable coin from my end. No one does. <laughs> Gaspar takes the coin. I was about to say, you feel it slowly lift from your palm. <laughs> Rough guess here. Maybe we should try seven gold coins. Seven gold coins will not fit into the door. Uh, uh, can you take the knife? Can I? I'll reach to see if it is a uh, takeable. Absolutely. Perhaps more blood as part of the ritual? That's what I was thinking. Strange sigils are are traced over in blood. I understand that we want to open this door, but do we want to reenact this ritual and perhaps allow greed in? Want to? No. But perhaps need to. Unless you think you can find a way to bypass this. Gaspar will take off one glove, cut his fingertip, and then re-inscribe the letters in his own blood. The first door will open, and you now have a clear path into another chamber. You're all very good at these. I was just going to put some on the coin. Someone's going to have to purge this greed demon out of me. We'll, we've always been prepared for that. <laughs> As both doors slide open with the grind of wood and steel against stone, you inhale the now familiar scent of damp mineral and wood rot. The anticipation of what may lay before you gives you pause before your first step into the jagged tunnel. A rush of warm air crosses the skin of your face and the smell of earth is replaced with rotten eggs and burning hair. A stone chasm opens in front of you. Stalagmites breach the ground, and stalactites descend like fangs from the ceiling of this underground maw. Piled on the serrated ground are three mounds of gold nuggets, each as large as a collapsed elephant. The light reflecting off of them sparkles in your eye and turns the ceiling into a glittering night sky. At the back of the room, is a wooden platform 10 feet high with a makeshift ladder leading up to it. Standing atop the platform in front of a door is a halfling wearing a gilded breastplate and two golden gauntlets. The finery of his dress does not match the rest of his appearance. His long hair is oily and matted. Pustulant boils erupt from the seemingly too tight skin stretched across his skull. Scabs peel away from the corners of his mouth, and they swell with blood as his lips twist into a sneer at your arrival. Eyes hungry with greed as he calculates 
what each of you is carrying on your person. Without hesitation, he exclaims, All that is yours will soon be mine. We need to roll initiative. Oh, dip. Oh, mine. I get it. You are not wrong. (laughs) 90% of this adventure was written for that one line. (laughs) Did anybody get higher than a 19? 23. Nobody had higher than that? No. Close, but not higher. 18, 17. 17 right here for old Mr. Wusha. You're so fast. Thank you. I'm trying to make up for all the bullshit I caused. 16, 15. 16. Four. Seven. Oh, okay, great. That's <laughs> I good. I was going to say, that's single-digit initiative face right there. <laughs> do, are we doing the same marching order? Do you guys want to place yourselves? I Actually, I feel care. like if we're playing canonically, me and Gaspar are in the front because we kind of solved the door puzzle. That would make sense, huh? Perfect. Gaspar, it is your turn. You see this individual look as though he is pulling in energy, as though he is about to do something. Gaspar will draw rationality as a crossbow, but first he points towards avarice. The vessel of your soul might be covered in gold, but I see the true color of it. It's shit. And hex him. Perfect. What does he need to do? Nothing. He gets marked, has disadvantage on, let's say, strength checks. And every time I hit him, he will take 1d6 extra necrotic damage. Cool. And what's the range on a crossbow? 80 feet. But I'm in... Yep. You're, you're in the 80. You're at about 65. Go for it. And yes, I will fire the crossbow. That is a 15 to hit. That will miss. Apparently his golden armor is quite effective. He just stands there (laughs) triumphant as uh, my arrow bounces off of his pectoral. I'm going to run around the wall that is to my left. And do I see these large chests? I shouldn't say it that way. Yes, you do. Um, (laughs) So what do I see when I turn around? Carved into the stone face, there is an alcove, and there are six chests in that alcove. They are closed. There are not. Okay. Gaspar is going to hide, or at least take cover behind one of them. Yeah. Perfect. And end my turn. Aphris is going to take his turn. He continues pulling that energy, it's almost as though his gold armor gleams a little bit extra and out of one hand comes a beam aimed at Iavos. Oh no. Does 13 hit your AC? My armor class is 13. Oh. So yes. Mm -hmm. It's been so long. (laughs) (laughs) Right on the nose. Don't like that. You're going to take nine force damage as this Eldritch Blast strikes you in the chest. Well, preparing for more of this in the future, um, my pleated sheet membrane armor is going to adapt before it hits me, and I gain resistance to force damage. Perfect, because a second blast is coming straight for you. Cool. So nine have this four. 
Uh, so 14 will hit. You gain resistance to it until the end of my turn. next turn. Like it happens sort of almost as like a react. It's like I have to use my reaction to trigger it. But you get it on the inciting incident as well? Yes. Fun. And then if I use another reaction the next turn before it ends, I just have immunity to that same damage type. Okay. But only till the end of the next turn. Uh, so this time, eight force damage. That is going to end Afris's turn. And it is now Usha. Usha is going to point Ebb at him, lowering it his direction and say, Oi, dickhead! I like your brother more than you. Uh, and I'm going to cast Hunter's Mark on him. Perfect. Then I'm going to charge 30 feet forward, mounting part of the big gold dune there. Arc my spear back and throw it at him twice. Okay. I have disadvantage. Let me ask you a question about your spears. Sure. They're not magically returning to your hands or anything. One does, one doesn't. One does, one does not. Yeah. Okay. So you're losing one of them. I'm, I'm just throwing the magic one twice. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Copy. And I have disadvantage because he's too far away. I am assuming an 11 doesn't hit. An 11 will miss. All right. And let's try that second one. More, but not by much. That would be a 13. 13 will also miss. As you scramble up this mound of gold, your footing continues to give way and leave you with unstable ground. So throwing these spears as commonplace as that is for you is challenging on this kind of unstable ground. He laughs at you. And as he does that, raises his hand and lets go another Eldritch Blast to the stalactites above you. Go ahead and make a dexterity saving throw. That'll be 16 total. Okay. So you're going to take five bludgeoning damage as these stone spikes fall down on you. One of them grazing your back, not doing too much damage, not crushing you, but still a pretty serious scrape. And I have to make a concentration check on Hunter's Mark real quick. Oh, you do. Hurt. All right, I keep it. I get a 12. Perfect. Sweet. Penny, you're up. Just a single step and a single initiative point behind Wusha. Penny follows in his wake, charging through the gold coins. As he's throwing his spears, she pricks her finger on her sword, whispers a prayer, and casts blur on herself. Such a good spell for Penny to have. That's great. And that's your full turn. That is. That's some, you and I right up here, that's some butt camaraderie. Mm, mm, mm. Why? <laughs> Iavos. Well, I'm going to play it safe and play it Iavos and open up by moving uh, forward 10 feet, looking at my three allies and silently wishing them the blessings of the five. And bless! Tight. At second level, so as to affect all of us, since I regained my spell slot with Arcane Recovery, and then I will move my remaining feet to hug the wall and hopefully avoid any falling stalactites and kind of just barely be out of line of sight with this Lucky Charms bastard. All right. That brings us to the top of the round. Gaspar. 
As the rest of his allies are charging towards him, he waits until Avarice no longer looks in his direction, switches cover to a different chest, and attempts to hide. Okay. That is a stealth of 24. Okay. And from the alcove, he will take aim and fire at Avarice, hopefully gaining the benefits of advantage from being hidden. I feel good on I feel good about it, yes. Okay. I appreciate you looking to me asking. You never know. It was, it was good. It was good. He might be able to sense through all gold. Who knows? It'd be crazy. This time it is a 23 to hit. That will absolutely hit. That is 26 points of damage, six of it being necrotic. Copy. That matters. 26 total. 26 total. Outstanding. Is that the end of your turn? That is the end of my turn. Perfect. That will take it back to Aphris's turn. He will take a step forward, land his gaze on Penny, and do some motions with his hands and fingers. You feel a wave of negative energy wash over you. Ah, that's my least favorite kind. Have you ever been cursed? What a broad question. I, I have old Penny's memories, so yeah. Okay. This feels this feels like an ancient type of curse, if that's something that you're capable of discerning. It's like a vintage of wine. Yes. <laughs> it's the gold standard <laughs> if, of curses. If, if there was a flavor to this curse, it would be musty. It's like the mullet of curses. <laughs> Filled with fell tannins. <laughs> you are holding your shield and your sword. Correct? I am. It's a Sinfandel. <laughs> Your shield starts to become unbelievably warm and it starts searing at your hand. That's spicy. You will take eight fire damage on the palm of your hand. It is canonically all metal. You must now make a constitution saving throw. 15. You are able to hold on to this thing as it continues to burn through your palm. If you would like to let go of it, you are more than welcome to, but you have the constitution to continue holding on to your shield. Is it like maintaining the same heat level? Yes. Hmm. It does not seem to be getting cooler. How spicy. That is going to make it Wuxia's turn. Wuxia is going to take a couple confident strides forward and plant himself in the nuggets. <laughs> you need deep in like, nuggets. <laughs> not like you did last time, though. Some of those dank nugs. Those mm -hmm. sweet, dank nugs. Glowering at the little thing, I'm going to say, Down here, you prick! As I am going to lance Ebb out toward him twice, manifesting my spectral chain so I can pull it back to myself. Okay. Oh, I have Bless, too. Does an 18 hit? An 18 will hit. Fuck yeah. And he has taken damage already? He has taken damage Sweet. already. Sweet. That means I get D6 from my spear, D6 from Hunter's Mark, and D8 from Colossus Slayer. Plus five. Wusha hits like a truck. A big wet truck. <laughs> <laughs> That's 17 damage from the first hit. Perfect. Fuck it, I'll do it now. 17 damage from the first hit, and I am going to use my bonus action 
have my manifested chain start pulling against him, and I'm going to try to pull him toward me off the platform he's on. Okay. It's an opposed athletics check, and he has disadvantage from Gaspar's curse. Okay. I got a 23 total. You got a 23 total? You are going to be able to pull him off. Hell yeah. Does he fall prone falling off? I can only imagine so. I'll do a quick super high DC. Yeah, no, he he is not able to stick the landing. Throwing my spear out toward him, manifesting those chains. I'm going to wrap them around my arm. And right as the spear makes contact, I'm going to tug back as hard as I can. Okay. When he tumbles off and hits the ground in front of me, I'm going to wheel Ebb back around and stab straight down toward him. Okay. And this one has advantage because he's prone. 22. That will hit. Awesome. Diving this as close to the center of his tiny mass as possible. That's eight more damage to him. Eight more damage. Done and done. There. In the dirt like you're meant to be. At this point, the ground, or should I say the mound of coins underneath Wusha and Penny's feet begins to rumble. And it's almost as though the edges get smaller and the center gets larger. And it grows into a bulbous amoebal shape until it starts to take form as two arms appear, followed by a head. Standing in front of you, towering above you, is a golem. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, maybe he was supposed to be on the ground. His name is Ludwig. (laughs) He is my special little boy. Okay. He, uh, let's see. The Goldum is going to start with a simple cash smash. <laughs> oh, boy. Wusha. So, his first fist of solid gold nuggets comes swinging down at you. And as though he was a newborn golem, he easily misses very wide without you having to make much of a dodge. His second one comes swinging down at you. Nine plus eight is 17. What did you say it was? 17. Okay. 19 bludgeoning damage as thousands of small pieces of gold rain down on your head. Wusha has a reaction to this real quick. I am going to use my reaction, push my lithoderms together, and use my stone's endurance to try to reduce the damage. What does the word lithoderms mean? Lithoderm is a weird thing that Goliaths have. They're little lumps under their skin. Sub subdermal tattoo-y thing, sort of like Darth Maulish. No, no, they're the um weird like calcified growths they have under their skin. Oh, I got it mixed up. But yeah, That's they make them bumpy though, right? They have their natural markings, which is one thing, and then their lithoderms are the things that make them bumpy. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And you're pushing these together to gain to resistance? reduce damage. To reduce damage? Yeah. It's my uh, Go for stone's it. endurance ability. Please do it. Uh, I reduce it by five. <laughs> okay, so 14 bludgeoning total. That's going to take us to Penny. Penny, before your turn begins, you will take eight fire damage as you continue to hold on to the shield. Go ahead and make another constitution save to see if you can struggle through it. 21. You can absolutely hold on to it if you'd like to. I will for now. Seeing the Goldum rise up in front of her, no hesitation, 
Penny uses her ability Cage of Briars with her bonus action and then strikes at the golem. That is a dirty 20 to hit. To hit the golem? Mm-hmm. You can absolutely do that. That does six piercing damage, but it also has to make me a strength check. It looks pretty weak to me. He has the strength of capitalism behind him. <laughs> Gold the power is... of the free market. 18. What was the DC? It was 15. Okay, he succeeds. Spectral briars bloom from the tip of Penny's blade and try to wrap around him, but he simply tears through. He's too powerful. The six damage, what kind of damage was that? Piercing. Was that a magical piercing? Yes. Perfect. With a frustrated huff, Penny abandons the Goldem to head straight for the downed halfling. The Goldem will take advantage of the attack of opportunity given to him. Rolling in 18, that will hit. That will hit. 17 bludgeoning damage comes down on you. 17 damage will knock Penny unconscious. No. As Penny, the target of the halfling's curse, is now prone next to him, he will reach over to strike her with his golden gauntlet and will hit, dealing nine bludgeoning damage and Penny needs to make a constitution saving throw, which I believe, as she is unconscious, will automatically fail. Wuxia, you, closest to your fallen compatriot, see that after being struck by this halfling and failing two death saves, the part of Penny's arm, which was struck by this gauntlet, begins to change into glistening gold. Okay, folks, the time has finally come for the talent show. I don't know about you, but based on what I've seen so far, I have chills. That sounds like I'm very excited, but I think part of it is legitimate fear. But let's have some fun, shall we? Up first, we have the charming and unseeable Cyrix. The Nanael? What are you doing out here? It's time for Cyrinx. Wait your turn. Cyrinx is gone. They can see into the future and chose to avoid what comes next. Excuse me? What comes next? The talent part of the show? Be at peace, Vancaster. The time for my talent is now. I have witnessed the perversion and false idol worshipping here on the stage tonight. Prodding young women and Doug with your wicked gazes, judging us like cattle at auction. I can bear no more of this self-serving sin, and it will be my honor tonight to send you all to hell in a pillar of righteous flame and swift-bladed judgment. Uh-oh. No! You stop right there, Miss Fancy Wings! You do not get to incinerate the audience for your act! I was going to destroy the audience, and I won't let you take my idea. It's mine! Well, this isn't great. Oh my gods, can you both just chill out? This is a contest of being pretty and lovable and having lots of money for good clothes. I can't win whatever the prize is if you raise the theater. 
Okay, so like, get it together. I haven't been worshipped so much in ages, and I don't even have to suck anything. I won't let you ruin this for me, you uptight diva. That goes double for you, Goldie Stocks. Well, folks, we have some technical issues to hammer out, but stay tuned for the confusing finale of the first and quite possibly last Myth Zenith pageant. Face judgment, sinners! Brought to you by Herbal Elvins. It's always the Sprite choice. Well, I, uh, the important question will be, if she transforms into gold, does she still have to make death saves? I was going to say, I bet statues don't make death saves. <laughs> oh no, 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 gosh. you're missing it. The most important part is, if she turns into gold, is she still a penny? Oh. oh. Sorry, no, you all had a thoughtful, uh, mine was a groan of disgust. <laughs> uh, yeah, for those of you at home, real quick, like... I was I was playing it kind of kind of close with holding onto my shield, but then that big hit from the golem uh-huh. knocked me down and gave me a failed death save because it was a lot. And then uh, getting hit by this guy also gave me a failed death save. So Penny has one death save left, and Brutal. thankfully isn't conscious to be panicking about you know her flesh being transfigured. Yeah, but I don't know what. Let's go around the table and talk about our play of the games and or. Flavor, favorite flavored moments. I should throw out Penny is no longer holding on to the shield. So that's very kind of you because it would kill her. <laughs> My play of the game is the master, master tactical choice of Iavos popping out, blessing all of us, and then fucking hiding, <laughs> getting the hell special. out of the way because being blasted by Eldritch Blast over and over again fucking sucks when you're trying to concentrate on a spell. Yes, it's true. I like that Wuxia caught little guppy off of a platform. <laughs> <laughs> you did yank him down. Look at as the Dan, Yeah, as Dan was saying, Wuxia had a good turn. That, that was a tide changer, if you will. <laughs> and yes. the synergy that you lended with your hex was also Oh, very I mean, yeah, it, it, it involved a bit of synergy with Gaspar. It's still halfling versus Goliath in the strength save days, but disadvantage hey, is very helpful. Look, this thing's got some tricks. Despite yeah. the disadvantages, Wuxia still is kind of coming on top. Ever, look, David versus Goliath, we all know who won. <laughs> Famous proven. But it wasn't in a post-strength <laughs> check. Wuxia, <laughs> <laughs> uh, after your masterful spear turn, you will absolutely get personal glory as the audience cheers when your muscles tighten and yank on that chain to pull this halfling off his perch. Oh, who's the glorious golden boy now? It's the first time he's been cheered for yanking something. (laughs) (laughs) Normally nobody gives a shit about his dick. They do care about my dick. (laughs) Gosh, there were, were, you know, two parts to this episode, and uh, I'm having a hard time picking favorites because I really loved Law's montage scene because, like, just the, the, the detail and creativity... If I had heard that first, I definitely would have stepped mine up. I was very, very good. And then I, I liked yours. Like it, I know it came down to the dice roll, but it, w- it would be a baller move if we just tricked all the nibblers. Right. But I, I, oh, I like that puzzle. I like this fight. I like that ending. Mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time picking, but uh, I like all these little things. 
What do you like, Law? I think hiding the gold. I mean, a pile of gold's pretty pretty good. I like that. <laughs> I, I am a fan of fighting a big pile of nugs. I had a feeling that was going to be what happened, but uh, I was excited to see. I mean, the gold had to do something. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to say my first guess would be a big gold golem, so kudos to that. But I was, it's like a, a trap or it was going to liquefy and try to melt one of us or something. Like, it was, it was a threat. Uh, for me, one of my favorite moments was specifically uh, the fact that the reveal that the knocks were actually supposed to be warnings and not a threat. That fucking <laughs> – I love that shit. Mm-hmm, that is my mm-hmm. favorite thing. People just jumping to conclusions. Perfect stuff. I wasn't here for the combat. I was outside. I mean, I think Dan's delivery with Generous was very good. That's yeah. that's good stuff. Oh, yeah. I liked your voice. That was a good voice for the character. Thank you. My jaw hurts. You put too much. <laughs> I put I put like a little bit more tension because I was actually in front of people than I did when I was at home. And so I was like, oh no, my jaw. No, you, and you put some good sadness into it. Just real quick. Um, I think part of the some of the trouble I've been having getting back into Penny is that I'm playing two other really kind of grumpy, off-putting characters right now. And my first instinct, because I've been playing them so much, when he started talking and, like, it kept going with the story, was just being like, I have a question. Can you walk and talk? (laughs) Let's go. Uh, He cannot because he is a spirit bound to specific (laughs) I'm glad to get an answer to that question. What about you, Dan? What was your play of the game, your favorite moments? I liked... Law's montage scene because as he was describing the cavern, I was looking at my notes and I was like, oh, this is the exact same words almost in terms of You had of rock the snakes too? <laughs> no, no, no. But in terms of describing just mm. the, the big Ooh. cavern that went, there is literally a big cavern that was next. Um, so I was a huge fan of that. It's always a blessing and a curse when your players surprise you with creative things in combat that ruin your day. <laughs> You're really happy for them and then your heart is a little sad that you have to work hard now. Well, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I'm not sad about. I'm not sad about people coming and listening to this show. I'm really excited to f- see how the finale of this plays out. Um, obviously, if you're listening to this, you know all the things. But uh, just in case you don't, go to the LUQ.com for all the information about our show and everything else we do. Uh, we've got some big projects coming down the pipeline. What was the name of your puzzle thing? My my company is Puzzling Package Industries. You can go to puzzlingpackage.com for more information. Please send me an email. Don't message me on Facebook. Perfect. I love you all so much. Thank you for being here. And until next time, we wish you luck. Hey.